Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Let's turn our attention to James chapter 4, verses 6 through 12. We've had this introduction that has opened our mind, I pray, opened our minds and our hearts to consider the danger of pride and humility. Now, with with this, this, this biblical introduction through many verses, let's read James chapter 4, beginning at verse 6, and um, through verse 12, and I want to I give you guys six thoughts on humility, war, and holiness. Humility, and I think I could do a bunch more, but I've, I've narrowed it down to six. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is painful, but it's good. Okay. James chapter four, beginning to verse six, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. I'm going to revisit this. I'm going to revisit this, I I think. I think I'm going to do one more session on this, but let me go ahead and include these two verses today. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But are you to judge your neighbor? Um, I want to include those. Let me go ahead and say all I'm going to say about 11 and 12 right now. I want to include those because you have this really incredible, um, you know, juxtaposition, uh, in the beginning of James four verses one through five. It's like, why, why are you out here warring with people? And then in the end in verses 11 and 12, it's saying like, you know, you're out here worrying about other people and in the middle, like, worry about yourself. You get right with God. <laughs> you worry about you. And um, that's, that's tough talk, but it's needed. So if I'm going to worry about me, what do I need to do? I need to practice humility. I need to go to war and I need to pursue holiness. Practice humility, go to war and pursue holiness. This is good stuff. Let me give us, let me give us six thoughts on what it looks like to practice humility, go to war, and pursue holiness. Thought number one, humble yourself before God. Amen? Just humble yourself before God. Um, this is this is, this is is difficult. How do I humble myself before God? I think it starts, brothers and sisters, with just saying, like, I, I know I don't know everything, but I know God does know everything. I know that I think I know some things, but it's possible, it's possible I have a lot to learn, even in areas where I know some things. I I love to tell the story. I tell it all the time. My grandfather said one time, uh, one of my brothers was about 15. My grandfather was about 60. And he tells my brother, when I was 15, I thought I knew everything. When I was 30, I started to have a couple questions. At 45, I was beginning to wonder if I'd ever known anything. At 60, I'm sure I don't know anything. Um, of course, he was saying it to my brother in the midst of chastising my brother, but it was also a beautiful confession that the the older my grandfather got, the more the more humble he became, which I knowing him, I think was true. We humble ourselves before God first 
first by just constantly confessing that God is great and we are not. God is holy and we are not. God is right and we can only pursue rightness. We're not right in and of ourselves. We can pursue rightness. And I, 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 I want to I say this, okay? God gives grace to the humble, right? So if you humble yourself for God, you get unmerited favor. And, uh, you know, I, I I think that creates something like a greenhouse effect. You know, in other words, uh, you know, uh, humility is sort of like creating this atmosphere where, where, you know, we can, we can then have grace and then grace creates this atmosphere where humility becomes even more, more possible. And now that more hum- humility is even possible, you know, grace abounds toward that one. In other words, in the middle of winter, you got this greenhouse and it creates the opportunity to plant something. And when it's planted, it flourishes. And then it gives them more opportunities for more planting and more fl- flourishing. So sort of like, you know, the, the positive greenhouse effect. We, you know, grace opens us up to the unmerited favor of God. The unmerited favor of God opens us up to humility, you know, um, and humility then puts us back into the face of grace. It's a cycle here. So when when the apostle James tells us in, in verse number six, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, he immediately says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourselves to God. Humble yourself before God. And I don't know how to convince people of this, brothers and sisters, but one of the most effective things you can do is develop the habit of getting on your knees from time to time. Literally get on your knees and be quiet. Learn to be quiet and listen to God. Humble yourself. Seeing the time flying, I better get to number two. Secondly, know your real enemy and fight. Look with me at the second part of verse number seven. If it's the first part says submit to the devil as your commander. Second part is recognize the enemy. You know, that your in our enemy is 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 Satan and the other fallen angels. Our enemy is not people. Our our enemy, we might say, is the is is uh the flesh and Satan. Our own flesh and Satan are our worst enemies. So what do we do? Resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Um, a lot of people make this mistake. They make the mistake of thinking God and Satan are on the same level, that they are co-equal enemies, you know, hogwash. Satan is absolutely nowhere near the power of God. The second mistake people make is to think we're, you know, on, on par with Satan, um, that, you know, we have the power to fight him. Hogwash. Satan is a being of light, the most beautiful angel has ever made. Every time an angel shows up in scriptural stories, people fall down in fear. We are made lower than the angels. Angels scare the tar out of people. So God's a lot higher, higher than Satan. We're a lot higher, uh, I mean, lower than Satan. God's higher than Satan. We're lower than Satan. Okay, see that? And so resisting the devil and he'll flee from you. How do you do that? Submitting to God, being humble, standing in the word, standing in the truth. Um, um, the name of Jesus, God is a strong tower. Uh, in other words, uh, we need to stand with God. This is where I would love to pause 
and do a study on 2 Corinthians 10 and Ephesians chapter 6. I'd love to study some of those passages that tell us about spiritual warfare. I'd love to go and look at the life of Daniel. Uh, Wouldn't that be great? The point is our enemy, our enemy is um is our flesh and our enemy manifests most in our flesh by pride. What does Satan do? Satan attacks us and he wants that pride to rear its head so that then we're fighting alone if we're fighting at all. But humility invites God in and pushes the devil out. So know your real enemy and fight. Thirdly, thirdly, if I don't get to it, I'm going to be in trouble. Thirdly, abide you guys know here's where i would love to to just stop and do a study of john 15 verses 1 through 8 abide 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 the old king james version which i dearly love says draw nigh unto god and he shall draw nigh unto thee you know i love that here in the english standard version what does it say draw near to god and he will draw near to you um what a beautiful passage what do we do to cultivate nearness to God. Um, I, th- I think, I think what we have to do is, t- is to think about how do we, how do we have good close relationships with anyone? Um, I think three big things. One, it starts in the heart. It's the position of the heart. We have to lay our affections on the things of God. Two is it's time. Um, we spend time with God. Um, three, um, we agree with God as we spend time with him so that we can develop a like mind and like heart with God. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's possible. <laughs> it's what we set our affections on. It's what we spend our time with. And it's how much in agreement do we come um, with that, that person. So if we're going to abide in God, uh, we need to spend a lot of time with him. We need to agree with him. Amen. Thirdly, I know, excuse me. Fourthly, fourthly, uh, we see here in the passage, it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your heart. You double minded. He goes right to the thought life and to the action life. But what he's saying here is pursue holiness, pursue holiness. Okay, we have to make room in our heart for the things of God. And a lot of times that means we got to smash the idols in our life. One of the most convicting questions I ask myself on a lot of occasions is, you know, I love movies. I love movies. I love documentaries. Uh, I, I love sports. I love to watch a ball game. But I say to myself, am I spending as much time making room in my heart for God as I am in making room in my heart for the Atlanta Braves? You know, am I spending as much time making room for God in my heart as I am for my favorite football team or whatever? You know, uh, if I'll cultivate a love for these teams by constant watching and, you know, am I cultivating a love for God? Um, when we pursue holiness, we spend time with God and we allow God to rip up rip open those closed off spaces in us to analyze where we are and then to speak truth into it. Uh, and so we'll cultivate our affections. I mean, you, do you like hunting? You like fishing? Uh, look how, you know, how much do you do it? Do you like auto racing? How much do you do it? How much do you think about it? How much money do you put into it? Do you love uh, landscaping? Like, you know, some people love keeping their yards nice. 
If we're going to pursue holiness, if we're going to cleanse our hands, if we're going to purify our hearts, we've got to look at what we're putting our time, talent, and treasure into. And if we want to pursue holiness, um, you know, go back to that idea about abiding. We've got to get our intimacy with God changed up. I mean, you know, there's an expression in our culture about living for the weekend. Some people endure the week so they can get to the weekend. And I always say, man, what a bummer. You're missing five-sevenths of your life if you live for the weekend. Or if you're you know, one of those people who only works four days a week, you're missing four-sevenths of your life, which is over half. I want to I learn to enjoy every day. Likewise, if if you know if you work a lot to enjoy a hobby, of course you love that hobby. Of course you're invested in it. The point here is, if we're going to pursue holiness, if we're going to cleanse our hands, we're going to purify our hearts. We've got to turn our hearts and our hands to more godly endeavors and more often, and we've got to let God give us um, the definitions of what's right and wrong, and not our culture. It's very tough stuff. Okay, but what's at stake? Draw nine to God, and He'll draw nine to thee. We want to be close to God. We want. Uh, I love that Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen verse. Where does God live in the high and holy place? And and He dwells with the person of a lowly and contrite heart. Okay, so number four is pursue holiness. Number five, agree with God about sin, especially your sin. And flat out mourn over that sin. Go back and look at verse number nine. Okay. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. One of the biggest problems in our world is um, that we don't agree with God about things. And we don't feel sad about the same things that God feels sad about. You know, Um, we would rather uh, let's play a little game. You know, we would rather, we would rather, you know, uh, not even think about those things, right? Anybody remember this tune right here? I'm going to, I'm going to gamble and, and whistle it and see if anybody remembers it. Man, I was under pressure. Anybody remember that? Um, in your life, you'll have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. On the one hand, I'd say amen. Don't worry, be happy. But on the other hand, a lot of times we're trying to avoid thinking about deep things. We're trying to avoid facing difficult things. James says right here in no uncertain terms, when you embrace humility, when you oppose pride, you are going to come uh you are going to come face to face with difficult things in your life. You're going to come face to face with difficult things in your culture. When you come face to face with these things, they ought to make us sick. They ought to make us sad. We ought to weep. We ought to mourn. When we see how pervasive sin is in the world, it ought to do something to us. When we see how pervasive sin is in us, we ought to do, it ought to do something to us. All have sinned and gone astray, every single one, me too, you too. And we ought to be sick over the sin in the world, and we ought to be sick over the sin in our heart. Um, I'll never forget one time I was I was listening to this um, trucker. 
I called in and I was I did a guest Bible study on a trucker phony and network and uh, they were asking for uh, prayer concerns and this guy was saying how he had stopped and he had sort of fallen on the road on his truck and he had sort of fallen into this thing and went into this stripper club and and uh, and he was just really down and he was he was sad he, I felt like he was gonna cry but it was it was me a preacher one more preacher and about sixty truckers had called into this Bible study. 60, it was amazing. And this other guy says, you know, kind of like a big burly guy, I couldn't see him, but he sounded like that. He said, hey, hey brother, you're a big time sinner. Praise God, we got a big time savior. You know, and and it just totally encouraged me. It's like he didn't say, hey, it's okay, we all mess up. He said, no, you're a big time sinner, but you got a big time savior. And I, and I love that. And I sort of, I sort of, uh, stole that saying, you know, from that guy. Um, I've often said that our repentance isn't really working until our repentance is as famous as our as our sin. And I stole that saying from some preacher too. I don't remember who I stole it from. An unknown trucker and a forgotten preacher. But I think about it a lot. You know, I, I've been a big time sinner. I need big time repentance. Praise God, I got a big time savior who give me big time rejoicing. Amen. We need that. We're all, every single one of us have fallen and we we need to be sad about the sin in the world and we need to be especially sad about our own sin. And then look how this wraps up. Number six is a repeat of number one, basically. Again, humble yourself. Look at verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he'll exalt you. A lot of us are trying to build ourselves up in this world and James simply says, James says, no uncertain terms. You want to be somebody, um, you want to be big time, then you just humble yourself before the Lord and you trust God. You trust God to, to, to make you into somebody. Humility, war, and holiness, brothers and sisters. This is, this is good stuff. Um, and remember years and years ago, I think it was Travis Tritt. Um, this is back when I used to listen to country music. So it was a long time ago. Um, um, and this was on the radio. Who even listens to the radio, right? <laughs> but uh, the song was, I want to be somebody. One of these days I'm going to break these chains. And the whole song was like how, how I wanted to, you know, work to be famous. Well, if you want to be somebody in the kingdom of God, then just humble yourself. Humble yourself. Put your, put yourself in the hand of God. And in due course, God will, will, will lift you up. God will encourage you within. God will position you from without. God, if we humble ourselves, God will help us win the war against the flesh. He will help us stand against our enemy, Satan, and he will help us purify our hearts, cleanse our hands. He will help us, uh, you know, have the appropriate attitude about our sin and he will lead us to be set free from it. God desires not just that we get to the edge of victory. He says you are more than conquerors through Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is only possible if we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the Lord. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com.
Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Oh,